this time, it's my honor and privilege to present to you Pastor John Dunn. so good to be here with you today, and if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to take a look at Ephesians chapter 3 and also at a passage in Exodus later. Uh, you know, when I think about Granbury Church and Alan and Yvette, uh, I'm so encouraged because, man, you take a look at what uh, committing the work of your hands to the Lord and then dedicating your life to a people and to a region and the fruit that has come out of it, it's absolutely amazing. And Alan and Yvette have served here since 1991. I can remember the first time I preached at Granbury Church. Alan might remember this. It was the mid-90s, and we were on a 21-day fast at Shady Grove, and I was getting some heavy revs from uh, Exodus 23, and I thought, man, I'm going to go down there and set this church on fire. And I went down and preached probably for over an hour and a half. And I knew it was time to close when I was looking and 95% of the people were asleep. <laughs> and I remember asking Alan afterwards, how was it? And Alan's like, well, you know, he was in a nice way saying, dude, you preached way too long. But he didn't have to tell me that, really. He didn't have to tell me that because the congregation told me that before I was finished preaching. Thank God nobody was sitting on a window ledge. You know, like in the book of Acts, because we'd have had another Eutychus. I'm just not sure I'd have been able to raise him from his sleep. And so, and so I'm, I'm not going to do that to you today. I'm not, I'm not going to preach too long. Uh, so you don't have to worry about falling asleep, and uh, you'll still be able to think when I'm finished preaching. All right? But if you're in Ephesians chapter 3, let's read. This passage of Scripture that I'm about to read together with you to me, is one of the most significant passages of Scripture for any believer in the earth. Because what it does is, it tells us that the top is coming off. And the boundaries are being removed. And I think it's important for us as believers today to recognize that in Christ there is no top. And in Christ there are no boundaries other than those things that will produce the will and the work of God in our lives. So in Ephesians chapter 3, let's begin in verse 14. I'll be reading from the New King James Bible. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes understanding or knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, I just pray right now that you would release to us that very thing, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, that as we think about your word, there would be such 
an ability for us to receive it in a way that is personable and meaningful to each one of us and something that we will be able to take from here today and live our lives with. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. When I think of this passage of Scripture, one of the first things I think of is the context in which Paul is speaking to the Ephesians about here in chapter 3. And, and the context is this context of exceeding and abundant. This is what God is able to do in your life. Now, when you hear a message like this, it's very easy to count yourself out. If you're one of those people who counts yourself out, when you hear a message like this, count yourself in. Say, just go ahead and say that loud enough for your own ears to hear it. Today, I count myself in. Because here's what the Word of God says. We just read it. God is able to do exceeding and abundant. What does that mean? Exceeding? That's right. He can do it all. Exceeding is that which is in abundance. That's quantity. Then you ask or think. That means every time you pray, Every time you silently think, man, I wish God would do this, He's able to do more than you're asking or thinking. Not only able, but wants to. Greater. In quantity. I have a friend who says that many times when we pray, we pray asking God for this much, hoping that He'll give us this much when He really wants to give us And see, it's our experience that causes us to think less of God than we ought to. And when we think less of God, we think that God thinks less of us. And God thinks way better about you than you think he does. (laughs) You say, yeah, but you don't know my life. You don't know the sin I've sinned. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You you, you, You don't know my history. You don't know my past. You don't know this. You don't know that. You don't know the other. You're right, I don't, but he does. And none of that changes the way he thinks about you or the possibilities that he sees you fulfilling. I want to say to those of you in youth, I can remember high school like it was yesterday. Everybody's opinion about you doesn't change God's perspective of you. And that's true for all of us. And what God wants us to do is to start living in the abundance. He wants us to start living in the exceeding. He wants us to get out of the dimensions that we have set up for ourselves and move into the dimension that He can see for us. And He's given us a way for every single one of us to do that. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So we're talking about the context of what Paul's writing in here. It's not just exceeding. It's exceeding and abundant. 
One is quantity, the other's quality. When God thinks about you, not only does he think about you in increase, but he also thinks about you in quality. He thinks about you as quality. He thinks about you as exceptional. He thinks about you as significant. You know how I know that? Because he paid the ultimate price for you. He's already put the highest value on your life that could ever be put on your life. There's nothing as rich as the blood of Jesus. There's nothing as significant as the blood of Jesus. There's nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. There is nothing more eternal than the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus speaks of the significance of the quality that God thinks about when He thinks about you. But what we do is we let our feelings disqualify the significance of the blood of Jesus. person who is led by their feelings will disqualify the significance that God has placed on them because of the way they feel. I want to remind you here this morning, your salvation is not based upon a feeling. And neither is your significance. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. He faithed like going to the cross. Did you catch that? I said he faithed it. You say, that's not a word. I know that. (laughs) He went to the cross in faith. Faith is obedience. Father, if there's any other way for the plan that you and I had from the beginning, before there was man, before there was creation, if there's any other way for it to come to pass, take this cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. All of us find ourselves in the dark night of the soul, just like Jesus found himself in the dark night of the soul as we live our life. And God's got an answer for the dark night of your soul where you don't feel like it, but you have to faith like it. And faithing it is not faking it. Sometimes the enemy comes and says, well, if you don't really feel like it, then anything you do to reach out and grab a hold of that excellence that is in God for you really isn't real. It's just fake. No, you're really real. You're your realest real when you're reaching out in faith even though you may not be able to understand it, even though you may not be able to see it, even though you may not have arrived at it yet, you're saying, just like Jesus is saying, there is something before me that if I go through this thing that is right in front of me, that's going to bring about the purpose, the power, and the destiny of God in my life.
It doesn't matter who we are or where we've been. That's true for every single one of us today. There is something that we can't see that is going to come into the place to where we can see because of something that we do see that we're not quite desiring to do. (laughs) Did you ever hear that statement? I've heard it all my life. I've lived it all my life. Sometimes you have to do something you don't want to do in order to get to do something you do want to do. Anybody ever experienced that? (laughs) Anybody experiencing that right now? Most of us that get up and go to work in the morning, if we're not morning people, experience that every day. You have to get up to go to work because you like the paycheck on Friday. Right? You do something you might not want to do in order to do something you want to do. Hopefully that's not your job situation. But if it is, there's an answer for that too, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Because God wants to bring us into a new dimension in our ability to see that the things that we're encountering are not the fullest definition of His love for us. In other words, there's more for you. The top is coming off and the boundaries are being moved out. Now, anytime you're getting ready to move into a new dimension... In the Lord, which I'm declaring over you individually and corporately today. You're getting ready to move into a new dimension in God. As a son. As a daughter. As a congregation, as a community in faith. You're getting ready to move into a new dimension in God. Let that sink in. (laughs) and any thought that tells you otherwise is not from your father. This is the nature of the kingdom of heaven. Favor, blessing, and increase. It is the nature of the rule and the reign of God. How do I know? Read the Bible. From the beginning to the end, the nature of the kingdom of heaven is always increase. Every story Jesus told about the kingdom of heaven talked about increase. Even when we read in the first covenant, we call it the Old Testament, nothing old about it. It's the first covenant. Lord said, when you go into the land, I'm going to bring you increase. I'm going to drive out the Canaanite, the Hivite, and the Hittite. What's the Canaanite represent? The Canaanite represents, their name literally means to merchandise. One of the things that the Lord wants to do anytime he wants to increase is is to help us see where our provision comes from. The Canaanite represents those who believe that their provision comes from money, so they love money. 
Your provision does not come from your job. It doesn't come from your paycheck. It doesn't come from how much you make. Your provision comes from the Lord. The Canaanite represents those who don't understand that. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring you into my promised land, children of Israel, generations church, son of mine, daughter of mine, and I'm going to make it clear in your life that I'm your provider. God is your provider. And He will provide for you spirit, soul, and body what you need to move into the next dimension personally and to move into the next dimension as a family, to move into the next dimension as a community of faith, to move into the next dimension as a region. He's as interested as you are about your increase. And He has the ability to get you there. But as long as we continue to have the love of money, and how do we know if we have the love of money? If we come to the end and the paycheck's not going to be enough to make the need and we begin acting like we will, that we're, the ship's going down. Oh no. The electric bill is higher than I thought it was going to be. Now, don't get offended with me. Because I've been there. What am I going to do, God? I think the ship is going down. Oh, my God in heaven. The electric bill is higher than I thought it was going to be. Wait a minute. Who are we talking to? Uh, the one who made the sun? We lived on Cyprus up in the mountains in a house that was made for summertime, pure concrete. Now you just think about a pure concrete house with nothing but cement and rebar in a mountain in the wintertime. I came home from work one day and my kids were out on the patio sitting in the sun. I said, what are you doing out here? There's snow on the ground around them. They said, Dad, it's warmer out here than it is in the house. Now, you might see that as, what are you doing living in that house? We're living in that house because that's where the Lord told us to live when we moved to Cyprus. What were they doing sitting in the sun? They didn't need electricity to get warm. God provided it for them. You see, the love of God will give us a different perspective about how He meets our needs. Not if He's going to, but what are the possibilities? Don't let the world define for you about how God can and cannot, will or will not meet your need. Because we limit Him, we miss much of His provision. Because we have a mindset that if it doesn't happen this way, He's not doing it. 
And then we wonder why we're depressed and discouraged and lack joy. My kids are sitting out there in the sunshine with snow all around them with a big smile on their face. It's not if he's going to meet your need. It's how he's going to meet your need and how you're going to come into the perspective to see that he's already met your need. That's how the boundaries come off. That's where the top goes away. There is no power in heaven or hell that can keep me from the love of the Father on his throne. I said there is no power in heaven or hell that can keep me from the love of the Father on his throne. Chains of sin can't hold me down. Even death itself can't keep me in the ground. He's alive. He's alive. He is risen. So when we get to that point and it looks like the bank account isn't going to take care of the electric bill, there is no power in heaven or hell who can keep me from the love of the Father on His throne. There is no power in heaven or hell that can keep me from the love of the Father on His throne. Electric bills can't hold me down. And my bank account can't keep me in the ground. He's alive. He's alive. He is risen. And then we begin to see with a different perspective. Because what happens is, is that when the Canaanite gets moved out, so does the Hittite. Hittite was known as those who bring terror or fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. You see, when we're no longer depending on our paycheck to meet our needs, God meets our needs. And when the enemy comes in with fear, we're like, I don't have anything to be fearful about now because I may not have enough money, but that doesn't stop God. As a matter of fact, you just move into miracle provision. Because of love. The same love that causes you to see He loves you so much He really is going to provide for all your needs according to His riches in glory, which is His Word, which is eternal, which cannot be denied, which He will not be denied. And for those who trust in Him, they will never be disappointed. And then the enemy always tries to come in with terror or fear to get us to shrink back. And we're like... Shield of faith comes up, whack, sword of the Spirit comes down, and there's nothing to fear. So then you're able to keep your head up to look for what God's doing because fear is gone. People who are in fear like this can't see what God wants to do. People who are standing with the shield of faith and the sword of Spirit, they look up. Look up. Where does my help come from? The psalmist writes, it doesn't come from the mountain. 
It comes from the one who made the mountain, who said you can speak to the mountain to be moved and to be cast into the sea. You know, really, when you think about it, we've got these mountains in my life. They're really molehills, and I'm not even speaking to them. You need to be able to speak to the molehill before you speak to the mountain. You need to be able to speak to the electric bill and the checking account. (laughs) Speak to that. That moves. Then we'll start speaking to the mountain. Cancer, be gone in Jesus' name. Because God is increasing his people to walk in faith, in word and in deed. To say, I will not be kept down. I will not be bottomed out by this top. I will not be held in by this boundary. Once fear gets removed, then we begin to see the reality of the Hivite being removed. The Hivite was those who lived in villages. And so their whole context in their world and their thought process was wrapped up in those around them. Their identity, who they are, who they could be, was all wrapped up in what people say you can and can't do. And I might add, people who were not in touch with God And once we begin to see greater is he that is in you than he that is in the people around you, (laughs) the top comes off. The boundaries get removed. Whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) I was standing in a dump and now I'm standing on a mountaintop. I don't know about you, I've been in a dump. Can't see much but trash. I've been on a mountaintop where you can see 360 panoramic and there's fresh air and you're like, whoa, this is awesome. And God can transport us from a dump to a mountaintop just like that when we begin to see what he sees. When we begin to see what he sees, then we begin to feel what he feels. And when you are in that place of grounded in him because of who you are in him, then your feelings, which line up with his word and his truth, are powerfully dynamic. And the overflow that causes others to say, I want to know whoever it is you know. you're just like me you've got problems with the electric bill and the paycheck but the electric bill and the paycheck don't define your life of what you do and how you see your life you must know something or somebody that I don't know and I want to know what you know and I want to know who you know Now, there were several other inhabitants of the land that God said he'd drive out. And actually, it was this message that I was preaching when I put everybody to sleep. So I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) And let you look it up for yourself. But I want to read you this passage of Scripture 
that it comes from because I want you to know that God is serious from the very beginning. He had this in mind for you, for us, for those who put their trust in Him. Turn to the book of Exodus chapter 23 and look at verse 25. We know that the children of Israel exiting out of Egypt represents our lives having exited out of the kingdom of darkness. And this is a promise God gave the children of Israel, and it's a promise for you. It's a promise for us, and it's still good today. It's one of those exceeding, abundant, isn't it interesting? Peter and Paul both use the same language. There have been giving, given to us many exceeding and abundant precious promises whereby we become partakers of the divine nature. Here's a promise in the Word of God that causes you and I to partake. That means literally that word partake is what happens. Uh, it's a picture of what happens when we take communion of the divine nature. We're saying the blood of Jesus means limitless possibility for us because of what God did in Christ. Exodus 23, verse 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water and your refrigerator and the food in it. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. And I will fulfill the number of your days. You will live as long as you're supposed to and prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I will cause confusion among the people who, whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs. Every demon in hell, everything that stands against you fulfilling the purpose and the destiny that God has designed for you from the time you were being knit together in your mother's womb is intact in the promise of God and cannot be denied you by any circumstance or situation. And I will send hornets before you which will drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, The high tight. Isn't it interesting that he mentions those three first? You've got to get the love of money, the fear of man, and the small boundaries that humankind put on us, dealt with, before we can take care of the rest of the enemies in the land. And I will drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little I will drive them out, 
from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Sometimes we're like, God, why is this going so slow? Why am I still dealing with fear? Because he wants you to deal with fear in such a way that once he has removed it, you've replaced it with confidence in him. Because Jesus said, when a demon is cast out, and the house is swept and put in order. And he goes about in waterless places and he's seeking a place to reside. He comes back. Believe you me, he's coming back. <laughs> and, it, and it may be swept and put in order, but if it ain't filled, he's going to inhabit the way you think, the way you feel, and what you decide to do. And the end result of that is worse than the beginning. So what he does, he says, you know what? I'm going to give you wisdom so that it's driven out a little bit at a time. Just fill it in. Fill it in. Well, I don't have time to read the Word. You don't have time not to. Well, I don't feel like worshiping right now. Don't let your feelings determine what you do and what you don't do. Well, nobody else is doing it. Obey God. Nobody's recognizing me. Demons will. Dude, this guy's house in order and he got something in it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Do you ever wonder where that word skedaddle came from? Say, let's get out of here real fast. <laughs> and that's what a demon does when you draw near to God. He skedaddles. That's what your oppressors, that's what the enemy of your soul does when you draw near to God. When you begin to believe that the God who made heaven and earth is going to bring the same kind of increase of the expanse of the galaxy into your soul, then you begin to fill up that room. You begin to declare, I once was bound in fear. I thought if my paycheck wasn't enough, God wasn't going to provide for me. But now I know I've got a provider in heaven. His name is Jesus. His name is Father. His name is Holy Spirit. And where the paycheck doesn't come through, my God will gloriously provide for me in all circumstances and situations. And I will not fear, though the earth be removed and all the mountains be cast into the sea. You know why? Because you're the one speaking to them. That's why you don't fear. Because you're the one who's speaking to the mountain and saying, be moved and be cast into the sea. So what's this look like? at Generations Church. One of the things that I believe that looks like is 
the top's coming off. Because guess what? When the top comes off individuals, the top comes off marriages. When the top comes off marriages, the top comes off families. When the top comes off families, the top comes off small groups. When the top comes off small groups, the top comes off the church. When the top comes off the church, the top comes off the region. When the top comes off the region, the kingdom of God comes in in a powerful and mighty way. So no matter who you are and no matter how you feel about your life, what you do to see the top come off and the boundaries be removed is important to the purpose and the work of God out of Generations Church because everybody working together is what's going to bring about the purpose of God through this community of faith. Don't say, well, I don't teach Sunday school or I don't lead worship or I don't do this or I don't do that. Therefore, I'm really, I just show up on Sunday. No, you do way more than just show up on Sunday, no matter who you are and no matter what you do. Everything you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, before Sunday is important to the life of this community of faith. If you get up and go to work every morning, with a smile on your heart, which puts a smile on your face, because you know that you're a representative of the kingdom of God no matter where you go, no matter what you do, and no matter how much you make, and no matter what your title is, whether you're retired or refired, it doesn't matter what the case is. You're important to the kingdom of God, and what you do counts. If you're a student at the local high school or the middle school, what you do, when you go to work, the way you study, the way you do your homework, the way you obey your teachers, the way you honor your mother and father, the way you do every single thing you do is important to the life and the expression that Jesus wants to make in this community. Don't be defined. Do, do, not, be, do not be defined by the world around you. You define the world around you. You get up in the morning. You begin reading your Bible. You begin praying for your school and your teachers and the bullies and the ones who seem to be those that are defining you. And you say, I will no longer be defined by those around me. And no matter who you are in your personal relationships, Remember this, say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't say it mean. Say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't be mean when you say it. When you do that, you will release the kingdom into every circumstance in your life. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you today that you are releasing a new day. You're always releasing a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. But I want to declare prophetically over Alan and Yvette and over the leadership at Generation Church of Granbury, the top is coming off and the boundaries are being moved. And I want to thank you that that affects every marriage. I want to thank you that that affects every small group. I want to thank you that that affects every individual, every family, every business, every school that is represented here today, every occupation, God. The top's coming off and the boundaries 
are being moved. I want to thank you for the exceeding abundant release (laughs) that's being injected into this people today, God. And I want to thank you for the joy that you're releasing right now into the hearts, even of some who came in here this morning, seemingly like the well of joy had been stopped up, and I declare over you the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Let that talk come off that well. Let your strength return. And I want to thank you, Lord God, for those who are suffering inwardly today. Who need healing in their soul. You're our healer. You are a redeemer. If you've been suffering inwardly, receive the love of Christ. Unlock the door with forgiveness. Right now, I just believe there are a few people in here that the Holy Spirit is witnessing to. I need to forgive somebody. And you know who that is. Just go ahead and do it, man. Just unlock. Just go ahead and unlock the door by saying to yourself before God, I forgive so-and-so. Not I forgive if. I forgive because. I don't forgive if I forgive because. Because I've been forgiven. <laughs> There's anybody in here today who's sick in their body. Could be anything from a cold to a liver infection to a pain in your right knee to a ringing in your left ear to blurred vision in both eyes receive the healing power of Jesus Christ right now we just thank you for your presence for the witness of your love and your acceptance for faith to believe that the top has been removed and the boundaries have been expanded 
because it's a new day. A witness of your presence that counts me in. No matter who I am, no matter where I'm at in life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we ask you to continue your work in us so that as we go throughout the week, there will just be an ongoing witness that what you started in our hearts here this morning would just increase and continue. Seal what you've done today by the power of your word and by the witness of the Holy Spirit in our lives, God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.